0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: So
2: why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they lived near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly on Wings and Things.
3: Welcome to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Robin Shuokas from the Leather Elves. We let Barbara have the week off. This week, I'm here with Karen Anderson of Avian Suites. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. And we're going to talk about boarding your bird. And so things like what to do when you have to go away and no one's home to watch your companion and some options, but most of all, to plan ahead. So we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think? One bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages.
0: What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's kitty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat101 or use coupon code CAT101 to get 20% off your first subscription order.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
2: A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, In France. There are millions of them.
3: Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back. Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. My guest today is Karen Anderson of Avian Suites. And Karen was first a client, then an employee, and now the owner. What a progression. That's, that's uh, quite impressive. Karen's education, she has an ongoing education in avian care, um, including. Um, The University of Minnesota College of Veterinary Medicine, um, Avian Emergency and Critical Care Conferences, workshops with Barbara Heidenreich and Susan Friedman, Parrot Festival in Houston and AAV and that's where we are. Um, So welcome Karen. Thank you very much. That's a pretty impressive ongoing process for you.
1: One of the things that we like to do um, that we actually insist on uh, at Avian Suites is because we're going to be responsible for people's companion parrots we feel that it is absolutely essential that we be as educated and, you know, as up-to-date as possible on various aspects of, of caring for the bird. So we try to get to as many of these things as we can afford.
3: That's really exciting, though, you know, that there is that ongoing process. And, you know, it can be, you can observe stressful or what behaviors that you would term stressful for both you and your parrot, you know, when, when someone's going out of town and somebody else needs to care for them. And you have to be aware, I think, people need to know that there are options.
1: That's correct. It is not easy to find good care for uh, for avian species. It's just people hadn't thought about that. Typically, they'll have uh, somebody come in and uh, and watch their parrot. Right. Uh, during their absence and that's one of those things that you want to be very 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 careful about and and as you said earlier plan ahead
3: right and you know um, personally not the best housekeeper and you got to clean the house before somebody comes to watch your bird but it is true that that whole plan ahead piece is so important and I actually am, am vacationing this summer and I know that for me it has been stressful what am I going to do with Nikki? You know, because he's the most important parrot on the planet.
0: Right. And
3: I'm sure everybody that comes to you <laughs> feels that way. They do. And, you know, I, I explored different options. I really looked at you know what could i do would it would i have somebody come to the house and and that's really not my my choice i don't want to do that and and there are, we can talk a little bit later about some of the the pitfalls of having someone come to your house i looked into you know do i want to go with a veterinarian who does boarding do i want to go with you know a center that does boarding and it really it depends what meets your needs and they all have pros and cons i think
1: they do some are more convenient than others depending on you know the the logistics of it Um, but um, I think the the point is that you want to explore all your options long time before you have to make a decision.
3: Well, that's the key, you know, and and sometimes an emergency will come up and, you know, I have to go out of town. I, you know, have a funeral, God forbid, and and what am I going to do? You know, I don't have the luxury at that point to say, oh, well, I could do this, I could do that, and you really need to have... That, that plan, you know, um, or a kit that you've got all
1: your information, too, I think is, is important. We ask our clients um, w- when, they, when they come in, especially the first time, to bring as much information as possible about their bird or their birds. It helps us uh, handle the birds better. It helps us understand what is going on with those birds and how to make them the most comfortable and, mm-hmm. and again the least amount of stress for the birds. Right. And is, I think this is important.
3: You know, we all got kind of sensitized or, or we became aware that we needed to have those emergency plans with September eleventh. You know, it was yeah. people started being more, oh, okay, I'm gonna plan for this, I'm gonna have something and you know, in the house a lot of people have emergency plans for, for evacuations and things like that. And it only makes sense that you need to add your bird to that whole plan.
1: My birds actually uh, on September 11th, uh, when that tragedy happened, my birds were actually at Avian Suites. Um, we had had to be out of town for an extended period of time, and was I was so fortunate because we had you know the the capability to leave them there and i didn't worry for one second about the birds well that's that's the key too you know you don't want to be away
3: whether it be for business for pleasure and have to be stressing out about you know what's going on with my birds i hope they're okay you know so you know if you're going to hire someone to watch those birds
1: in your home what are the kind of things you need to
3: worry about karen what do you think
1: well, first of all, um, because we've heard a couple of horror stories about that, make sure that if you're going to have somebody come and into your home and watch, you know, take care of those birds there, that they have that that they have the commitment to do that. We um, we heard one story uh, from one fellow who who hired his friend to come in and take care of his bird for a week and paid him um, a fair amount of money, and came home to find, fortunately, the bird was still alive. But uh, nobody had been in to give the bird food Aww. or water or change, you know, and and uh, so that was pretty that was pretty uh, traumatic mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but make sure that the person or persons have a commitment to come in and actually take care of the bird. Right. Um, second, and really, really, just as important, make sure that those people have the training or the knowledge or whatever it takes to recognize any signs of problems. Um, it, it, that's that's probably paramount, um, and the the third thing I think is make sure that they can spend an appropriate amount of time with that bird. Right. It's one thing to have somebody come racing in, change the paper, um, clean up the you know the water dish, and, and uh, dump some more food in, but um, African grey parrots and cockatoos and macaws and all of the birds, mm-hmm. whether they're little or big, need a lot more. Uh, interactive time than that and you can really stress a bird out if you get somebody to come in for 20 minutes a day and then for 23 hours and 40 minutes that bird's alone
3: right absolutely and I think you know you need to think of it in those terms and it's it's got to be you know maybe you think okay well it's someone familiar it's someone they know but if you've done your job right um, Avian suites or wherever you take them is someone that they know as well.
1: Well, and it also helps if it's somebody that's actually able to handle the bird. Um, we've had people um, come in and say, "Well, I, I used to have somebody come in and, and to the house and, and take care of the bird, but." Um, uh, Jingles hates the person and will bite him or her and so it's, um, you, you kind of you, you question what kind of interaction that's going to be and what kind of an experience for the bird right. you know, some some um, not preferred individual comes in mm-hmm. so. it, it is tough and you know, I think too some training and enrichment
3: you know, can alleviate some of that stress but it's still that's probably not the preferred method of, of what to do um, and then you know a wide variety of, of visual and auditory stimuli, I think, too, um, can help you know with the birds when they're when they're getting ready to move from one place to another, um, getting that you know. So it's it's almost a desensitization process.
1: Yes, it is. Um, and and um, you also want to find somebody or a place where the people are accustomed to dealing with new birds and and birds that may be fearful or very stressed. Um, at at Avian Suites, um, we are. The staff is used to to handling uh, lots of different birds, lots of different species of birds uh, everybody that that's there has multiple birds of their own mm-hmm. and so um, they're they're pretty used to um, getting new birds to uh, come out of the cages we like to We like to have the birds come out of the cages during the day and we have the the opportunity to do that there and keep the birds, you know, active, and, um, and again, along those lines, you, you talked about enrichment, um, we encourage owners to bring the appropriate toys, mm-hmm. the appropriate enrichment objects and, and things for the birds because although we spend a lot of time with the birds, we can't be in each one of those rooms uh, for hours at a time. Right. And so our interactions with the birds, um, although they're, they're good, We like to see the birds have something to do when there's no human Mm -hmm. in the room,
3: And I think, too, that's the norm. You know, um, most people's birds are not with someone 24-7. You know, so it is normal for that bird to have to, you know, have things to do and things to stimulate itself when there isn't that human contact. Um, And desensitization to new people. I think, you know, you're working on your end to, to come at it from... We have training. We know what to do. We've worked with with a variety of birds, but you know, you've got that, that bird that the owner tells you it'll only step up for me.
1: Yes, we actually um, we have had birds come in um, like that, and sometimes, uh, more often than not, we are able to work with the bird and get the bird to come and step up and come out so um, we can weigh them and, and make sure that uh, they're getting enough to eat and so forth and so on. But there's been the occasional bird that has been really, really difficult. And uh, so it really is, uh, uh, it would be wonderful if all companion parrot owners would desensitize their birds and and, and introduce them to new things and new people.
3: Sure. Um, so there's a there's a plug for avian suites you take them to avian suites and you get back better birds than you brought in in the first place <laughs> we,
1: nice. we hope so there are clients that say uh, uh, they like the birds like to come they call it birdie camp um, so you know
3: I wish I lived where you are <laughs> um, you know I actually I've decided I'm going to take my bird with me that's my newest plan um, you know and if you can do that that's great too um, but, you know, that, that transportation piece, too, is is important. And, you know, you've got the, okay, well, I've got, you know, Squeaky in this wonderful cage at home. It's gorgeous. It's huge. And, and he comes out and plays in my house, but I never take him anywhere else. And so what do I do now when it's
1: time to come to Avian Suites? We, uh, we have some clients who have difficulty getting their birds in and out of carriers. So you want to play those games with the birds, that if you have one of those birds, you want to make sure that bird is is comfortable going in and out of mm-hmm. a carrier. Um, we have a number of clients who have extreme difficulty getting their birds into and out of the carriers, and so um, we will assist them with that. But it's a whole lot less stressful for the bird if you can play some um, some. Uh, positive reinforcement sure. games with the birds to get them to go in the carriers and come out. It's a
3: great opportunity for you to do some positive reinforcement training, you know, and and it doesn't have to be, you know, this huge chore. Barbara and I have talked a number of times about how you just do that positive reinforcement and you get a little closer to the crate, a little closer to the crate, and, and then it's a good thing. It's It's like, oh, look at that. I know that when I go in the crate... It's a positive thing for me. I get
1: a pistachio nut. There you uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd go I, in a crate for a pistachio uh, nut. One, um Yeah, one of my own Greys um had a, a, a lot of trouble. She was used to an acrylic carrier and I had to get recently I got some different carriers and so it was pretty interesting um that how long it took a bird who was in quotes accustomed to carriers to accept that new carrier. She finally did. Mm-hmm. But it it, it took it took a few sessions. Yeah. And,
3: well, and, and it does, and that goes with part of the planning. So, that's, that's right. I think we're going to take a break, Karen, um, and we will be right back after these messages.
2: Stay perched. Wings and things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four legged friend, or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park. Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The prop kits include funny glasses and hats.
0: Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com.
2: A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, Where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, In France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back.
3: Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Robin Showokas, and I'm here today with um, Karen Anderson from Avian Suites. And we've been talking about. You know how to make it the easiest thing for your bird, or the most comfortable situation for your bird. Something that you've trained some of the behaviors ahead of time. You've planned. Um, you know what you want to take for enrichment. You've and, and keeping just a log of, of, maybe
1: write down what a day for your bird is like. We love to have people do that. That's that's probably the single most helpful thing that people can do for us is to write down um, what's your bird's typical day like. What's your bird's vocabulary? Mm-hmm. What uh, what things? What what are the foods that your bird likes the best? Okay. Um. What what kinds of things motivate the bird? How much time out of the cage does the bird spend every day? What What's the bird's environment like at home? And when does he get up in the morning? When does he go to bed at night? So that's yeah. Those I, are really important.
3: I mean, I think some of those things are things we take for granted. You know, okay, it's bedtime. You know, how if they have a sleeping cage or if they you cover whatever you do, you know, you just do that as routine at home. But it may not be something you know it, it wouldn 't be something that someone that was boarding your bird would know about
1: right, and you know it doesn 't hurt to help that uh, doesn 't hurt to have that information. Available anyway, because you can't always plan when you're going to need to put that bird someplace else. Right. If you got sick, for example, um, we've had people call us in the middle of the night and and say, "My my uh, parent is very ill. I need to fly out of here right now. Can I bring the bird?" Right. And uh, we've had people. Um, there was a, a one client who had a house fire and got oh, the bird. The birds were fine, which was wonderful, um, but they had to be out of that house. And you know, the at that client was in in. It was really difficult because um, they didn't even have things they could bring. Right. You know, because things were in the fire and they couldn't, they couldn't get them. So it's, if you plan ahead a little bit, it really does help. But uh, what we do then is we keep that uh, profile in, in the birds and clients' chart so that we don't have to keep asking you the same right. questions over right. and over. Um, and I think it's important too that if, as an owner,
3: if you are boarding your bird, even if you're boarding it at the same place all the time, that if, I mean, things do change you know, Squeaky might have loved X, Y, and Z, or this was the preferred um, reinforcement for a long time. Well, maybe that's changed. They,
1: um, and to to let the person that's boarding know that. They, and it does change. And and um, we've I think we've all seen our birds, um, today they like one treat, and tomorrow they look at that treat and they'll pitch it as far as they can. Sure. And if it's an African gray, they can throw it pretty far. So... <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have that kind of space that, that that's okay at sweet Suites. <laughs> well, that. we
1: have we have kinds of walls and floors that you can clean up pretty easily. <laughs> Excellent, and
3: that that's another thing. What you know, when you're looking, when someone's looking for a place to board their bird, um, what's the instant? Absolutely not. When you go and you're investigating some place, you know, and definitely, you know, if you're lucky enough to have several facilities in your your area, check them all out. I think you know. But Karen, what would you say if you walked in somewhere? Um, What would be the absolutely not for you? That they should have? That they, sh- If you walked in and said, you know, I'm going to take my bird here, and you walked in the door and started talking to the folks there, what would be
1: is a red flag for you? Okay, a red flag for me would be if they did not, for example, if the place did not look um, absolutely spotless, if the place... Uh, if there were, if was any question in your mind, um, I also would be very careful of a place that housed um, many birds together, uh-huh. especially if they did not require, and I'm not saying suggest or, you know, uh, as an option, require uh, extensive testing for disease. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, don't require extensive testing for disease. We do suggest uh, very strongly that you have the birds tested for psittacosis, uh, uh, but we don't require it because we basically have separate rooms for each bird's families of birds. So if you have um, a bird or two or three, all of your birds would go in one room, okay. So and, and they don't get exposed to anybody else's birds. Um, but if you 're going to b- board your bird in, or birds in a facility that houses them together mm-hmm. the, that facility must require i think that 's really good information um, and
3: you know i 've run across facilities that um, not only board birds um, but they board other animals as well and you know in the same room th-
1: yeah um th- we 've had we had a client we 've had more than one client actually come in. And board with us um, as after they have had a not a good experience with uh, with another facility. And I'm not saying that there's anything bad about the other facilities, but sometimes you cannot prevent um, some things from happening. And we've had we had um, we have one client who who comes in whose bird was attacked by a ferret oh. in a in a facility that was <clears throat> similar to what you're talking about. And it's a good facility. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're going to put your birds there, then make sure that they are kept in, s- they're housed in separate rooms, and that you know other species um, uh, can't get to right. your birds.
3: Right. I think that's crucial. Um, so, Karen, let me just ask you a little bit about you. So, how did your passion
1: for parrots begin? Well, uh, my grandmother raised canaries when I was a really, really small child, and um, I got, I think I got love of just birds in general for from Grandma, and then we had Petey the parakeet. Uh, it 's actually you know Pe- uh, little Peter the budgie uh-huh. uh, when we were growing up, and he was a marvelous little guy he 's a normal just a regular old fashioned green budgie, mm-hmm. but had a huge vocabulary and and uh, we had him for many years, uh, given that our knowledge about birds and you know, parrots was pretty slim. Uh-huh. Uh, Uh, in the old days when I was young. Um, But anyway, after um, I was getting ready to uh, leave the corporate world uh, a number of years ago, and I got on a, this was an impulse thing, I got a cockatiel. I knew nothing, uh, literally, about any any kinds of parrots. And I got this little cockatiel, and um, I didn't know if it was a male or female. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a female, uh, and she laid eggs and removed any doubt at all but she is she's a marvelous bird she's about 14 now Mm -hmm. and I got her when she's I don't know maybe 12 weeks old and that's what started it she's you know I'm fond of saying that's what started the you know that was the start of all the trouble (laughs) and so then um you know not having uh, enough trouble um I had I then acquired about a year and a half or so later and I was starting to a little more savvy But I got an African gray, young, young bird, and I'm not going to go into that story because it embarrasses me somewhat. But We all have those stories. Yes. I ended up with a nine-week-old African gray, and uh, this bird, uh, I was told the bird was a male, and I was told that I'd only have to hand-feed the bird for a month. And and, uh, uh, about ten months later, and a couple trips to the vet, and uh, not... Managing not to have the bird aspirate any food or anything like that, I um, did have the bird DNA sexed, and the bird was already s- talking and was saying Earl, which we had named him, and uh, went to the vet, had a DNA sexed, and it's now Earl the girl. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And but it's uh, they're wonderful. By this time, of course, I was starting to attend seminars and and uh, and talking to some very knowledgeable um, uh, parrot people in our in our area. And they were very helpful, and uh, that's how it kind of all started. Um, I currently I have five I have five parrots. I have two cockatiels, a I have two grays, and I have a rose-breasted cockatoo. Um, Three of the five are rescues. The first the first two are are, were purchased, and then the 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 last three are are rescues. Um, And it so and I got involved with Avian Suites. at first, I was a client there in fact, I was one of the very first clients uh, when they opened ten or so years ago and then i uh, uh, Patty Christie, who owned uh, avian Suites the mm-hmm. s- second she was a second owner um, and I, she and I uh have gotten you know pretty friendly and I, she knew that I was a, a pretty devoted bird owner and she called me one day and said, "I have a business." opportunity for you and of course I was always I'm always interested in that sure. and I said well what's that and she said well can you, you know how would you like to work here part-time I can't pay you anything but you know it, you get you get a discount on the boarding and I thought that was excellent. that's okay so we uh, we did that and I worked there for uh, quite a few years now and then last last summer about this time last summer uh, Patty uh, took a different uh, her, her dream bird job and I decided to buy avian suites and so now uh, now I'm responsible for all of this, and uh-huh. so it's. But it's wonderful. It's a, It's a, a, kind of a, the opportunity of a lifetime. It's very different from what I did, uh, um, as a corporate person. But so. look at
3: how far you've come with it. Just seeking out that information, and that's one of the things we talk about with people a lot. Is, you know, you can all this information is out there. You just need to go out and get it, and you know. So you've gone from, you know, as a child the budgie. To now having this fabulous facility where you board birds, um, and I, you know, I think that it's it's so important um, that that education
1: piece comes in. It is, and and the the only the only caveat I put on the education piece is be very careful where you get your information. There are some wonderful sources of information out there. Um, there are also some really crummy mm-hmm. uh, books and some. You know, be, be very careful of what you see on the, on the web. Right. Um, there are good programs such as this one. You know, th- these, these are you. wonderful. <laughs> you're welcome. But be very careful um, and, and, you know, look at it with a, uh, keep, keep, keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important.
3: And so the, the, knowing what you're looking for, you know, I want information on this and being very aware that there are different, um, different opinions um, different approaches and figuring what works best for you, I, I think, is important. Um, but you know, there, there. Just to get back to the boarding for for a minute, if there are three things, um, you know, the three important things that people need to find, um, if nothing else, we talked about the medical, so that that's, that's mm-hmm. key, I think. Um, but what are what else would you? Say when
1: they're looking for a facility because we can't all come to Avian Suites, right? We, so you want to you want to if nothing you know if if you can't get any other medical information, make sure that your bird has a relationship with an avian veterinarian before you have to board it. Right, that's really important. Um, we we have. Uh, a requirement that a bird that your bird or birds see an avian vet once a year and it's not to make you spend money what it is is to make you do is to develop a relationship with an avian veterinarian so that if when your bird is at avian Suites or whoever's taking care of it that person um, or those people can get hold of the vet who has seen your bird and is familiar with your bird and in you know the bird's health um, the, the next thing that you want to really be very careful about is that the people or the person, as I said earlier, has knowledge about birds, um, and it helps if they have a lot of, you know, some previous experience dealing with parrots um, and and understands how smart they are mm-hmm. and how easily stressed they are and, uh, you know, things like that, and, and, and has at least an education, and I am not necessarily talking about just reading a few books. Right. These people need to have gone to some workshops, and they need to have gone to um, uh, seminars and things, so that they really do have some continuing education. Mm-hmm. And they need to have done this recently. Right.
3: The information does change. You know. Yes. We, we've come it so does. far. We talk about that all the time, um, and you just need to to uh, make sure that they've got that information and you can pr- I think you can probably if you're a savvy pet owner or parrot owner yourself you know whether this is the kind of place you want to take your bird you just talk and have that dialogue you and know w- we did a show I don't know if, if you heard it Karen on um, avian veterinarians and being a participant versus a consumer in yes. your, your
1: pet's care. And I think it's the same with this. It is absolutely the same. We we um, suggest that people come in for tours um, before they they bring their parrot to us. Um, we like that especially because that gets the people uh, understanding, what kinds of things shall I bring for my bird? What, what, uh, what are... Uh, What's this place going to be like? What mm-hmm. kind of a cage is, is uh, Squeaky going to be in? Sure. You know, um, what kinds of things do they have available? What do these people look like? That's know? a big concern
3: for me, the the cage piece. Um, some places don't provide a cage. I have, Nikki is in an obscenely large cage for a kite. Um, Am I going to take it down and take it with me? No. Um, but in looking for facilities... You know, it's like, oh, we'll find a cage or we'll get a cage. And I said, you know, that was part of of how I got to the point that I'm going to take him with me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I need to know that I've got this cage that's adequate for him, that he's not going in, you know, a cockatiel cage um, or something significantly smaller than what he's used to. I know, you know, nobody's going to set up the big giant cage for him. I know that. Um, But I want it to be at least adequate.
1: Right, and, and so that's what your education as a, as a consumer, to mm-hmm. know what's adequate for your bird, and then you come for a tour. You go to the, to the place for a tour and make sure that whoever is there and whatever they're going to provide will fit that bill for, that particular, for your bird. Okay. Well, Karen, thank you so
3: much, and now that we know what the gold standard is, for boarding your bird. Thank you. Um, we're going to um, see franchises of avian suites everywhere, right?
1: <laughs> people should <laughs> I contact would love to you. do that.
3: <laughs> But this is what you're looking for. You know, you, that, and it really is helpful for people to know that they can comfortably put their bird somewhere um, and what to look for. So I'm just going to go through some, some upcoming events here. We've got October 11th, I will be at Long Island Parrot Society's Parrot Expo. Again, they have a great vendor room, and I'll be speaking on Enriching Your Parrots Live. Um, November 8th through 9th, yee the Parrot Enrichment and Training Weekend in Austin, Texas. You can register for that at Good Bird, Inc. Um, and then way in the future, we've got um, the Best Parrot Conference in May of 2009 in Edison, New Jersey. And you can register for that now at www.bestparrotconference.com. And some websites for you to visit. You can go to Karen's site at birdboarding.com, Good Bird Inc., The Leather Elves, BestParrotConference.com and check those out. And I've got an enrichment tip for the week. Um, With regard to boarding, um, the boarding setting, make sure that you take enrichment items for your bird and specify how they're to be presented. You know, at some places you bring in however long you're going to be. You're going to be gone two weeks, you bring in ten items, and they all go in the first day. So you don't want to bring several items and have them all presented at once. This could be overwhelming. You know, the bird's in a new setting. Um, make a list of how and when you would like your enrichment presented. Absolutely. Well, thank you. So I think we're out of time at this point. We've got some upcoming topics we're working on: um, body language, sexual behavior in parrots, teaching your parrot to play, um, and we'll be coming up with some others. Um, and then. If you've got any questions or suggestions for shows, you can contact us at robin at petliferadio.com or barbara at petliferadio.com. And if you'd like transcripts of the show, please visit www.petliferadio.com. And thank you again, Karen. Well, thank you for having me. No problem. And so we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Join us every week on Wings and Things
2: and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things.